0: Amen. You may be seated. Glad you're here. So glad that you are here. This is a warm-up to eternity. This is a refresher to what we will have all of eternity, to stand around the throne or really do whatever the Holy Spirit, whatever God wants us to do there in His presence for all of eternity. But it's good to be able to sing with like-minded believers and to be able to just worship together with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to invite you to Join the church as we're doing something started this past Wednesday night. Uh, we're reading through the book of James every day. Every day. Read the book of James. Um, just read it. Continue in your daily Bible reading that we have in script, inside the bulletin. Continue to read that. But, but I was just led this past week to, to challenge and for us to together as a body. And the more times you read it, it's five chapters, easy. I've learned that people, people read the shorter books really easily. It's hard to say, hey, read Matthew over and over and over. That's 28 books. That's 28 chapters. And that's a lot, and that's daunting. And, and people are like, I can't do that. But, but read James, and here's what you'll start noticing. First of all, we're doing it together as a body of believers, and there's power in that. But you'll start noticing as you go throughout your day, you're burying the Word of God in your heart. And you're beginning to watch your tongue. You're beginning to think about things. Uh, The Bible talks there in James, it talks a lot about the tongue. talks about how we use it and how we are to control it and really surrender it to the Lord. We talk about our plans. You know, a lot of times in life we say, hey, we're going to go and do X, Y, Z. When the Bible's clear, James, he tells us. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. You're, you're, we're challenged over and over to be doers of the Word and not merely hearers only. And as you go throughout your day, as you allow the Word of God to saturate your life, as it's not just a Sunday event, it's a regular event and it's a regular reading of the same verses over and over. It gets easier to read, it's, uh, it's familiar and you'll just start reading it faster and, and you'll start burying the thoughts, the points, the ideas. So let me challenge you. Start today. Sometimes... Sometime today, go off, find you a quiet spot. Maybe, maybe tonight as you're going to bed, grab the Bible and just read James. It takes 15, 20 minutes and you're completely done with an entire book. But read it. and as you Don't just read it every time really fast. Start slowing down and reading through those sections and maybe reread it and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because at the end of the day, we don't want just information. Lord, how can I apply this? Lord, how can I apply? I don't want to show partiality, Lord. I don't want to, I don't want to show favoritism. God, I want, to, I want to be sensitive to those around me and allow the Word to take over who you are. And I promise you, that's what will happen. As Christians, as you allow the Word, as you, the more you stay in this book, guys, this book comes alive. It's not just to pick it up when I need it. No, this is an every single day we feast on this Word, whether it's on your phone. I find myself often reading it on the phone. It's just easy. It's right there. From In my office, I read through it, and I'll, I'll catch myself reading really large chunks. I just get caught up, and I'll read 30, 45 minutes an hour just reading a lot. Wake up in the morning, and I'm dwelling, and I'm thinking about verses that we've read. Bury this book in you bury it in you it's a challenge it's uh it's uh convicting to think how much of it we actually have memorized compared to the songs we've done that before we have thought about that before but I, i just want to encourage you to go and read the word of god let's open in prayer this morning today's message very simple very simple message it's not complicated it's not it's not hard at all but I can tell you, if we take the words that we're going to hear this morning, if we allow the Spirit of God to come speak to us, we've got a large group we've got from college to, to high school and elementary school and all these different places and workplaces that we go to. If we take the message this morning and the command from Christ, guys, there's no telling what God can do. There's absolutely no telling what God can do in your context. And I'm not going to use very, I'm not going to really go into specifics. It's going to be lots of generalities, but we're going to lean heavily upon the Holy Spirit speaking to us individually, every single one of us, where we are planted this morning. Father God, I pray that you would, for the next little bit, Lord, it'll be over before we know it. God, we'll be walking out those doors soon, but for the next little bit, God, let us just hear from you. Speak individually to us, Lord. Lord, you tell us where two or more gathered you're there, and Lord, we know that you are here, God. you You long to be worshipped, God. You're... Every day, every moment of our life is a worship service to you. From the moment we wake up to the moment we fall fast asleep, God, we are giving you right glory that you'd rightfully deserve. God, help us to not rob you of that glory. God, I pray this morning that this message, as simple as it may seem, so powerful, so powerful, it's life-changing. God, it can change where we're at. It can change our context. If we just simply allow it. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm gonna be in two places. I'm gonna be in John and then over in 1 John. But if you turn with me to John chapter 13, John chapter 13, Jesus commands us to do this. And and you say, Well, I already do. Praise God. John chapter 13 beginning in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. You ready? That you love one another. You hear that? hear that church? That's revolutionary. That's transformative. That right there can change your class. Can change your group. Can change your school. Can change your workplace. Can change your home. Can change everywhere you are planted new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another if you're a Christian this morning if you've trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior and you're following Him in obedience daily an outflow of our being made into the image of Christ is Love, a genuine love and care and concern about those around us. He says it, he says it here, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. We're amazing at loving self. But loving those around us. Loving one another. Loving those down the pew from you. Loving those down the hall from you loving those that in your context think right now think for a second and this is not one of those stumpy toes days it's really not but in your context many teachers we we talk about it regular. we're a heavy teacher school we're a heavy administrative school church we got a lot of schools that are represented here how can you love in your context Maybe, be the, maybe those kids you're with, teachers, students, how can you love? Employers, employees, how can you love? A new commandment I give unto you is that you love one another. He says, by this all men will know that you're my disciples as you love each other. It's not complicated. It does take us stepping outside of ourselves. It does take us stepping and thinking about those around us, seeing those around us, putting our maybe ourselves in those around us as shoes. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what their day's been like. We don't know what their morning has been like. You know, they could have had a morning like you. They could have lost their keys and woke up late and... It took that little toe, you know, that little toe that likes to take the bedpost off. You know, they could have had that same little bedpost incident that you had. You know what I'm talking about. There's no telling what they went through to get to where they are sitting in front of you at that day. Scripture says love them. Holy Spirit of God, show us how to love them. Show us what that love looks like. Show us what it can be. Guys, it can be simple. I'm not saying. Here's what I'm not saying. Again, I'm not telling you exactly what to do. But if the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart, then you do it. Okay? If the Holy Spirit of God says, hey, I need you to do something. I need you to serve. I need you to love. I need you to care for. I need you to bless. I need you to minister to. I need you to. You know Satan's not asking you to do any of those things. So it's the Holy Spirit inside of you, believer. How hey, you believer, we get to love people. Isn't that awesome? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God taught us love. Love doesn't start with us. We're not the, we're not the, the initiators of love. It's the Spirit of God inside of us. The, my absolute best in my own strength, Scripture says, is filthy rags. But when we allow the Spirit of God, when we wake up and we say, Lord, I want to be used by you today. I I, I want, Lord, to to be your hands and your feet. I want the world around me not to see me, but I want them to see you. I want to represent you well, God. I want to shine for you. And here's the deal. We're not doing it to be seen. We're not doing it to raise a a flag and, and put a post in our front yard and saying hey I blessed somebody this morning you know when you ride down the road and you see them people standing with those signs be careful church you know when you get up to the red light and you see that person here's the deal we don't know the ins and outs we don't know the behind the scenes but if we're honest most every person is a few paychecks away from standing on street corners themselves and you know when you ride by and the you see them, and you, you you can't get them off your mind, and you can't. You just like, I, I don't see you, but the spirit inside of you saying, but you do see them. And the Lord says, and I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do, but let's just say God says, feed them. God says, bless them. God says, minister to them. God says, be His hands and feet right there. Jesus says, look, whatever you do to the least of these, you're doing to me. I understand. I understand we can't feed them all. I understand you can't bless them all. I understand you can't be in two or three or four or five or ten places at once. But when God says do it, you simply do it. But you don't go quickly and say, hey, look what I did. Hey, look how I blessed. I saw this guy and I did X, Y, Z. And guess what? The Bible says you have your reward. Jesus is clear in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. God sees you. God sees your obedience. That's all that matters. The world doesn't have to see our obedience. We're not here to to get brownie points, attaboys from men. We don't love so folks can say, wow, they are really nice. No, we do it because the audience is God. And we are His instruments and we are His hands and His feet. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Beginning in verse 11. Actually, all of 1 John, I'd encourage you to read it. I'm not asking you to read it over and over and over, but you want to learn about love? You want to see the heart of Christ? Look at 1 John. Read it. It's, again, a few simple chapters. It's not complex, but it does give some really important tests of our hearts. God, you want, guys, you want to know if you are where you ought to be? You want to, you want to have a personal walk in a personal sort of assessment read first john so many really good tests on whether you are loving like you should and serving like you should and even in uh, are being used by god like you should is found in first john it's worth a read it's worth a time of sitting in a quiet place with you and the lord and saying lord show me your glory and just you and him, and he will speak. I promise you he will speak. First John chapter 3, beginning in verses 11. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was the evil one, and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. And everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Notice this. I, I used this earlier. I used simple cans. as hungry folks all around us. We're going into the season of the year to where churches, one of the easiest things we can do is feed people. Churches, every church you've ever been a part of, every church, we we, we just, look, we try to feed as many folks as we can. We can't feed everybody, but we try. Feeding is just one thing. What, in your context, in your situation where God has you strategically placed as his son or daughter verse 17 but whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him how does the love of God abide in him little children let us not love with word or with tongue but indeed in deed and truth as you hear that and as you see your world, as you are, and you say, well, I'm, I don't have a lot of means. I don't have a lot of resources. I, I don't have, and I get that. I understand that. But what, what is God telling you to do? What is the nudge of the Spirit of God leading and giving you opportunity to do? Because here's the thing. It's different for every person. We're not all where you are. We don't all see who you see. We don't all have the experiences that you have. Have you ever noticed just the little things? Isn't it the little things in your own life? Think about it. Think about when somebody just does a little something in your life, how it becomes, it just blows you away, doesn't it? It's just like, wow, they they were in the middle of the week thinking about me. That is just unbelievable. Just do those little things. Not to be seen, not to be made much of, but just to say, Lord God, what do I do today? Chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Praise God. What great love that He has shown every single one of us. Y'all, He showed us great love. He gave us the greatest love. We are the most undeserving of what we have. He gave us freedom. He gave us forgiveness. He took my wrath. My punishment, your punishment, he took on himself. We didn't do anything to deserve that. You can't work for that. You can't earn that. That was freely given. By faith we receive. This is love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, the satisfaction, the mercy seat. He fully satisfied and drank completely the wrath that I deserved. That is love. Beloved, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us by this We know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. We've seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. He says it again We love because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates His brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Guys, it's very simple. It's not complex. It 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 does take great boldness. It does take us stepping outside of ourselves and outside of our comfort zone and for some outside of our regular trek and path of life. Most of us run a routine, live in a routine. You get our routines off, it's like, oh, we're falling apart. There are people that we pass and repass on a regular basis and if we're not careful, we become numb to all those around us, they just become the noise in our day. God puts them there for a reason. God gives us opportunities every single day. Think about your context. Think about it on a college campus and in a college classroom, dorm rooms. Think about in high school and in elementary school. Think about teachers. Think about all those little ones you see on a regular basis. All those parents. All those other teachers. All that administration. Think about all those people. How? The question for us this morning, whether you're in a factory or whether you're retired or whether you just whatever your world is. Maybe you're selling or making widgets or fixing widgets or or piddling with widgets. Whatever you are. Whatever your world is. How does this morning's message apply? Look over at chapter 3, the very last two verses of chapter 3. Look at verse 23 and 24. This is His commandment. This is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments abides in Him, and He in Him. We know by this that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. He tells us two things he desires. is to believe in his Son and to love each other. That's the whole of life. Go to Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes. That's what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes, really quick, at the end of it. Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. Smartest man to ever walk on the face of the earth. He prayed and God said, What do you want? He could have had anything. And he said, I want wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. And this is what he says Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes comes right after Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, probably right there in the middle. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. The conclusion. The conclusion. When all has been heard, when it's all said and done, what's the purpose of life? What's the goal in life, preacher? The conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep His commandments because this applies to every person. Fear God. Because we all is appointed unto man once to die, and then there's going to be a judgment where every single one going to have to stand before God, and our life is going to somehow flash before us. And the only thing that is going to last, it's all going to burn up. The wood, hay, and stubble burns, but the gold, precious metals, what we've done for him matters. Think about that. The only thing that gets through the fire is what is done for Christ. For God will bring every act, every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it's good or evil. So what's the conclusion? When all is said and done, fear God and keep His commandments because we're all going to stand before God. He sees the secret things. He sees the hidden things. He sees... He sees the time we pass right by and pay no attention to. And his spirit convicts and his spirit says, Turn around. His spirit says, Love. His spirit is setting inside of us. And red flag after red flag is going off. And we ignore it. Those are the hidden things. What's God saying to you in your world, in your context? I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm not talking about the person that should be here and that's hearing this. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about you. How does, this, how does this apply? How do you take a Sunday morning sermon and application it into your Monday? Let's pray. Let's ask Him. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads and ask the Lord this right here. Say, Lord God. Say, dear Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to me. Lord, how can I love as you command? Ask him. Say, Lord, who are the people you want me to love right where I'm at? Maybe they're they're the people I pass headed there. Maybe they're the people I see going home from there. Maybe they're the people that I'm interacting with the whole time I'm there. God, who is it? And now I want you to just sit there quietly and listen to the Spirit of God. Father God, I pray that your Spirit would speak to your sons and your daughters. God, what do you want us to do? Who is it? What is it? Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for speaking to our hearts. God, I pray for each one of us in this room in the name of Jesus that you would give us the boldness, the wisdom, the power, the discernment that we need to go and do what you just said do. To apply what you just said apply. God, to be your instruments in the world where you currently have us, Lord. This is where we are. God, these are the people we interact with. These are the people that we see. God, we're not talking about folks we don't know. We're not talking about folks on the other side of the world. Lord, we're talking about those we run with. God, a new commandment I give unto you. You say is to love one another. God, start in me. Start in each one of us. God, we're listening. Do it, Lord. Do it. For your glory alone, for your great namesake alone, so that you be made much of, so that you be lifted up, so that you be king of our lives. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.